Welcome. I, I want to start off just fessing up to you right now. Uh, as, as a pastor, as a church, we, we like to plan. And, and what I'm going to share with you, um, <clears throat> it it's, wasn't planned. In fact, I like to plan a lot in advance of what, what the sermon's going to be. And, and this, this was not planned. I'll, let me demonstrate this way. This is a good illustration of what, what life is like. Uh, this, this being the past, this little spot right here being now, and this being the rest of the timeline, however, eternity, right? So, so this is a good view of life. And, and for me, I like to plan what goes on here. You probably do too, or at least like you'd like to know what's going on here, right? Well, we're in a, we're in a season that that's just, not, that's just not always possible. When we, when we talk about life, you and I typically have a, have a view that's, that's down the road, and, and usually when we look down the road, we, we come to some conclusions. And so rather than preach on what was planned, we're going to go a different direction because we need to talk about what goes on now, but even what happens for all eternity. Here's, here's what the Bible says about this, because I think this is, this is a big deal. Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. I'm not trying to be morbid. Uh, this just points out something that we know to be true and are actually living this out. Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. Right? You know this, but you have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you. At best, each of us is, is but a breath. My days are numbered. Hmm. My days are numbered. I mean, we're, we're in a season now that you might have thought you were predicting life or like, hey, I know what I'm going to do. But, but listen, for, for us to thrive at this time, we've got to spend time talking about how do I live in this and through this? And you got to know, I'm going to, okay, whether we know each other or not, this is so difficult for me. Uh, a couple years ago, I took what's called a, a temperament analysis. Uh, this is the, the nerdy version. This isn't mine, but this is what it looks like. I was in a, a counseling time because I think counseling is heavy for everybody. And I was just learning about my temperament so I could be the best dad, best husband, best, best friend, all that. Well, this is the temperament analysis. And, and after you answer all the questions, which you've, you've done something like this where it's, uh, it's, it's like you answer all these questions, hundreds of questions, you get tired of all the questions, and it's, it's so stinking annoying. Well, well, then it plots out your answers and how well you did with this, and, and this is how it looks. It's, you know, it looks up and down, up and down, up and down, and there was one that the counselor brought up. It's, it's at the very end. It's called self-discipline, either self-disciplined or, or impulsive, and, and I, I was pretty proud of myself because I scored 95% on the self-discipline. I remember when the counselor told me this, I was like, well, well I, I mean, my wife's with me right now. I mean, if you want to talk about how amazing I am, please, please do so. And he's like, no, it's not a compliment, David. What he was saying is the way I scored so high on self-discipline, he says, let me give you some other words. It means you're, means you're rigid. It, it means that you, you like predictable and you live in predictable. And so you seek predictable. And he began to say, you know, you've got to learn to, to let things ebb and flow. And, and, and you've got to allow yourself some, some room. 
So when I tell you that uh, we're in a season where I had something planned, I was gonna share with you some great stuff from the Bible. No, I think we all find ourselves in what we call a pandemic and everything has changed. The, all, all the rhythms and routines have changed and if you're like me at all, you have to adjust. In fact, if you're not like me, we all have to look at what's really going on and in a lot of my conversations via video meetings and phone calls, a phrase is being used over and over and over again that lands sometimes well, sometimes it's annoying. It's called new normal. I looked up the definition of new normal. Uh, something which was previously abnormal has become commonplace. You, you might have said this already, like this, yeah, we're just living this new normal. We're going to come into this new normal. Here's, here's the truth of this, is this is not easy. This is not a new normal. Sometimes you're like, well, I love, I love new normal. And you may not love the new normal because the new normal is going to change so much. But I want to help. I believe God has so much to teach us that you and I, if we would make some changes, if we would look at, at how we see the world, think and process and live, that I think this new normal, we could actually be made for this. So, so let me ask you a, a basic question. How do I embrace a new normal? I mean, I don't know if you've even embraced the fact that there is a new normal. You ought to. Uh, uh, school has changed. What you and I are doing on the internet now and how we're accessing community, it's changed. Now we'll go back to, we won't have to do that forever, but, but it's going to change some stuff. And so you and I, in the midst of all of this, before it's over, but we got to go, how do I embrace this new normal? You, you and I right now, before, before it's like, hey, you can move about freely, you can, you can do this, you can go back to that, you can plan this, put this on the calendar, it's probably going to happen. How do I embrace a new normal? This, this is the lesson that you and I can dive into. If you want to get better, that's called that. If, if you want to get to be the healthiest, if you, if you want to have a life that honors God in the best way. These are the kinds of questions you have to ask. How do I embrace a new normal? So let's go to God. Let's, let's open up his word and let's find how to embrace a new normal. Here's what he says. Don't store up treasures here on earth. Now again, we're talking about a new normal. It doesn't, like, I don't know what you've been doing, but here, don't store up treasures here on earth. Also, don't get so offended right off the bat that you think, oh, I knew it, that pastor guy's about to talk about money. No, I'm not. Because treasures can be a lot of things. Don't store up treasures here on earth where, where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Okay? Store your treasures in heaven where, where moths and, and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Ooh, ooh. Where, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Hmm. Don't store up treasures here on earth. Let me emphasize this last part because this is what, this is what needs to land. When you're thinking about a new normal, right? When you're thinking about what life will be like, should be like, what you're going to do with your days, your nights, and how the, the new behaviors, right? The desires of your heart are a big deal. So you know I, I like to ask questions. I think it leads us to natural, even a, a couple ones. Uh, uh, here's one. Uh, 
where has your treasure been? Again, not trying to shame you in, in any way. But, but I wonder up until this point, when you think about where your treasures have been, where you've let your heart land, what you've invested in, what you've been a part of, what you found important, what brought you value and how you accepted it, what, what you leaned into to feel good about yourself. Where have you been putting your heart? And, and then, here's, here's the growing question. Where will your treasure now be? Where's it going to be? Because you get to choose that now. Where are you going to walk this out? You know, there's, there's tons of danger in this. In fact, uh, the answers to these questions have consequences. If, if you don't know this, that, that you, you and I can, can sometimes gather in church and we can get so like, well, well I, I'm listening to a sermon, I'm worshiping, I, I'm religious, and we begin to feel good about stuff and not, not weigh the consequences to just letting it be. I don't think, and I, and I mean this with all my heart, I don't think you and I ought to avoid these questions. In fact, one of the wisest people to have ever lived. I think he avoided these questions. Let me show you something. Uh, these are not my, my words, his words. Anything I wanted, I would take. I mean, just when you think about where your heart has been, where your treasure's been, what, what you've been doing, what you, how you've been processing life and doing life, anything I wanted, I, I would take. I denied myself no pleasure. I even found great pleasure in hard work, a reward for all my labor. Some of us are like, that's what we've been doing. We, we've been all about working hard, and we're like, that's not bad. I'm South Dakotan, right? Or whatever, you know, you're like, I, I work hard. But as I looked at everything I had worked so hard to accomplish, it was all meaningless. Like chasing the wind. There was nothing really worthwhile anywhere. I don't want that for you. And you and I might say that we would never choose a pandemic. I mean, I know I wouldn't choose it. Anything bad, I wouldn't choose that for you. I don't want you to have to walk through difficult stuff. I know some of, some of us, you, you're being laid off or your hours have been changed. Some of us have family <clears throat> scattered all over the, the nation or the world and, and, and we're concerned for their health and I'm not wishing this, but what I, what's even more, I don't want you to live a life where you look at it and say, all that was worthless. In fact, uh, maybe this is encouraging to you in the midst of, of what we're walking through and how, how we make sure that we're honoring God with our lives. Here, God was not surprised by this. And he will do good through it. I don't want us to rush through this. God was not surprised by this, and, and he will do good through this. You and I have got to say, what's going on right now, we didn't choose it, we didn't ask for it, and, and I don't know if you've had school start back up and that's complicated your home, or, or maybe, maybe other details of, of relationship tension and, and the unknown, and you're like, What's all this mean? Is this, is this the end of the world? What's going on? Has God abandoned us? No, 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 no. No, he's not surprised by this. And I'm not suggesting that God has even done this. I can't say that. You can't prove that. But God's not surprised by this. But, but he is going to do good through it. 
But in order to do good through your life, for you to let him land in your life in a way that he uses it, leverages it, and, and good comes from it. Well, we gotta keep reading. Because it's not just like, like get into, okay, I got treasures and I got this stuff and where's, where's my heart been? Well, Jesus got into to more detail of what, here is how. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Now, a lot of times we're like, give me everything I need. Yes, please, I'll take that. <laughs> no, you gotta read it right. It starts here. Seek the kingdom of God. The kingdom of, seek the kingdom of God. Um, if, you, if you're like, kingdom of God, that's, let's think birthday party. I imagine you've been to a birthday party. I know in our home, a birthday party is, uh, I mean, it's, it's like all about the, the person whose birthday it is. That's the goal. When we, in our home, in our, in our home, okay. When you wake up, uh, you get like everything you wanted, like regarding like, okay, what's your favorite breakfast? Would you, well, would you like that? And, and typically though, it lands with like, what, what kind of a cake would you like? And and, and there's typically we gather around and you, you probably do the same thing. I'm not saying anything you don't know, like where, where we celebrate and we, and we sing to the person and, and it's, the birthday is, it's their day. And, and you've probably though have experienced where um, someone tried to uh, dominate the, uh, the party that well, it wasn't their birthday. Or, or let's walk this out more in life where someone tried to dominate the conversation constantly. When that verse says, seek the kingdom of God, many of us get lost like the kingdom of God. It's, it's as if you were to treat each day as though God was having a birthday. As though God is first. Seek the kingdom of God. In other words, treat each day like it's his day, as though he's the leader of it. In fact, if you get into the original wording, that's, that's, let's go to language class here real quick. That, the whole word, like, seek the kingdom of God uh, uh, first or, or, or in all things, this is the word, this is the word. You don't have to know the Greek word, that's not the biggest word. First in rank. Hmm. First in rank. This is a big deal. The, the new normal, the new normal, according to Jesus, is that you let Jesus be first in rank in everything. All conversations, all decisions, when you think about how you actually make decisions, how you live your life, think first in rank. Just think birthday party. Like you wake up and say, whose day is today? Oh, it's God's day. And, and you literally live that way, process that way, make decisions that way. Why? Well, well, whatever is first impacts everything that you do. You know that. That's why it's such a big deal to you and I. Whether it be a birthday party where there's the, the birthday person, or maybe it's like that for you at work or, or naturally in your home, what you per first, what, what you allowed to be there will greatly impact your new normal. So what are you doing? Better yet, what are you willing to do? Whatever is first impacts everything you do in your new normal. It's been that way, but maybe you're gonna adjust it. 
You know what happens though when you make this decision? If you're, if you're like me, if you're looking, okay, okay, pastor talked about it, like now is Matt affects eternity and I, I get all that and, and, and that, that's important. But whatever's first impacts everything you do. Let's, let's, let's bring this back here. Whatever you do first here, I'm gonna tell you it impacts this and eternity. And if you're not careful, when life plays out, what you originally decided to be first will become second or third. In fact, let me walk you into a story. There was a moment that, that Jesus' disciples, they, they, they found themselves in a, in a boat uh, and, and, and they were crossing this, this sea. But then a supernatural moment. Jesus, who's not with them, they begin to, they see him. He's coming towards them, walking on water. Let me say this again, because that may be the first time some of us have heard this, walking on water. And here's what happens. Then Peter called out to him, Lord, if it's really you, because they're like, uh, what's going on? I mean, they'd never seen this before. Lord, if it's really you, then tell me to come to you walking on water. Can you imagine this guy? Come on, let this sink in just for a second. Like how amazing this would be. So yes, come, Jesus said. So, so Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. Walked on the water. Walked on the water. Walked on the water. Now, if you read this in the Bible, it talks about how Jesus walked on the water. That's the title if you read it and you're like, yeah, because he's the main character. He, yeah, well, of course, that's amazing. But, but Jesus walks on water, but so does Peter. Walking on water. This, this is one of those moments you're like, please, I hope everyone had their cameras out. I, okay, they didn't have those, but, but can you imagine? He's walking on water. But the reason the story says Jesus walks on water, the reason the story doesn't really bring up Peter, well, it's because of what happens next. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith. Why did you doubt me? I mean, is this not what happens in life? Where you and I uh, were like, maybe it was the beginning of the year. I don't know if you make resolutions. Uh, have you, ever, have you ever made a goal? Have you ever made like, this is what I'm gonna do. This is how I'm gonna treat people. This is what I'm gonna make priority. This is gonna be my new first. But then wind and wave showed up and somehow, not even on purpose, you ended up dwelling on the wind and the waves. To make the new normal all that, all that it can be. To be to be who God designed you to be, to live as God designed us to live, we've got to lean into, could perhaps the wind and the waves be demanding our attention right now and it shouldn't be? You know, there, there, in my experience, there's a couple, couple things that begin to like really get our attention. Uh, pain and pleasure. But let me walk you through this. Uh, pain, pain, if, if you're in pain right now, and pain can be, well, for all different kinds of reasons. I mean, the pain, pain can be real because 
it affects your job or a relationship or your, or your actual health, right? You, you, don't, you don't need me to talk to you about pain. You, got, you understand what pain, but, but pain, pain is real and temporary. And some of you are like, it doesn't feel temporary. Well, again, let's, this is life. So whatever you and I experience here is temporary. So why I tell you this is don't, don't lose this in your brain. Don't, don't let this escape you. Pain is, pain is real and temporary. And, and during your pain, God says endure. You got to endure it. Like enduring it is, is, is the agenda. It's the task at hand. Endure it. But the devil says blame. Perhaps you've been there, even in the midst of this. If you've already been experiencing pain, even not pandemic related, but any kind of experience you've had where you're blaming others, where the conversation about your pain is about the other person or the other group or the whatever. That's not how to thrive in the new normal. You and I have to have a a perspective that, that isn't rooted in the temporary. Pain is one of them. There's more pleasure. Pleasure is real, but again, it's also temporary. God would say, enjoy it. The devil says, live for it. I wonder, I wonder, in the description of life like this, doesn't it look absurd to make everything about here? Doesn't it make it absurd to say, like, everything about all joy and happiness is rooted in here? I would suggest not. I would say you and I should pay attention to what happens after. So let's take this even uh, another step. Heaven is real and eternal. God says live for it. The devil says ignore it. Do you remember when I asked you about where your treasure was? Where, where, let's call it where it used to be and, and where is it now going to be? It puts you and I in a, well, in a situation. Here's the situation. It's very simple. Temporary or eternal. In this series, we're going to talk about six major parts of life. That if you and I will engage it in a healthy way, we're going to thrive. It doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that you're going to not have problems and issues and, and struggles, but you're going to be able to go through those things rather than they dominate you but you gotta make this decision. What's gonna get your first? What's gonna drive everything? What's temporary or what's eternal? In other words, as you live your life, what are you living it about? What drives you? What, what, how do you make your financial decisions? How, how do you make your relationship decisions? How do, you, how do you make any of kind of how you talk to people, how you, how you confront someone, how, how, how you have hope and joy? Where, where do you find it? Some of us will choose this little, this little part, which is important. But Jesus' wisdom for us today is think about eternity. Think about what's eternal when living your life. I don't know where you are with hope right now, but this whole series, we're calling it You Were Made For This. We're actually talking about this time is not an, an accident. Again, I, I'm not suggesting that God made this happen to you and I, 
but he is allowing it. And maybe if you'd be willing to take that on, why is he allowing it? Perhaps you are made for this moment. Perhaps you and I would be willing to say, I don't like this, I don't love this, but I'm gonna get better through it. The first of the six is do you have an eternal perspective? Is what you do and how you do based on eternity or the temporary? Let me pray for you as we end our time. And I pray that this, uh, this time will not just be something that you, you watched or that you viewed, but I believe in you. I don't even have to know you to believe in you. I believe that you can take this time and make it all about God. And even when, we, when we're able to move around like we, did, didn't, we can't now and, we, and when the relationships that we can't right, be face-to-face, when this, when this all goes back to what we would call the new normal, you can engage life differently. And that's what I pray for you. So would you bow your heads and close your eyes? I just want to pray for you. God, God thanks for meeting us in this moment. Um, in, our, in our living rooms and cars and workplaces, uh, in, the, in the privacy of, of what we call um, ours, we, we don't get a meet like we used to, but God, you are still meeting us. Lord, each one of us, I pray that you will help us engage, embrace this new normal. So Lord, we start with uh, you first. And we commit to making it all about you how we think, how we respond, how we engage others, all about you. God, we love you. We pray this in the name of Jesus, amen.